Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into business development and sales, then this is the episode for you because my next guest is the Chief Growth Officer at CyberDuck, a digital transformation agency based in the UK. But before I introduce you to CG Onabonjo, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you an exclusive window into the guests and the professions we'll be featuring that week. That way, you can plan ahead and set a reminder in your phone so you don't miss out on any of the great guests who are most relevant to your interests. And it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org. No spaces. And the sign up box is right there. Now, my friends, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is CG Anabonjo the Chief Growth Officer for CyberDuck, a digital transformation agency based in London, where CG leads client services, new business and marketing, as well as setting the overall strategic direction for CyberDuck. He has over the years won all kinds of awards, Account Handler of the Year at the Wirehives Awards. He's also been named as one of the leading business development professionals by BD100. And he's been listed by the British Interactive Media Association as one of the most influential people in the digital industry. CG's clients have included Sport England, the Bank of England, Heineken, International SOS, Maxi Nutrition, and Cancer Research. CG, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Yeah, like I said, I'm caffeinated. I'm now unwinding with the tea. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I know that due to the time difference, yes. it is evening, mm. your time in London. Is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah, nearly time for my bedtime. No, I'm only joking. I've, I've still got a few hours left until then. <laughs> Okay, well, I just want to let you know, I know you should probably have a pint in your hand at this hour. Yeah. I have my mug of English breakfast tea here. In honor of a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So 
Let's dive into our 10 espresso shots. Okay. Focusing on your area of expertise, which is business development, biz dev, and sales. What entry-level job, CG, should our young listeners be looking out for Mm. if they want to get into biz dev and sales pretty much in any industry? I know you're in digital marketing, Mm. but whatever you, whichever area you feel more comfortable speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. So entry-level jobs, I would say... The thing is with sales and business development, it's quite, it can be quite broad and quite varied. Entry-level jobs would be maybe, so on the more sales and business side, I'd say an entry-level job would be a new business executive or a new business assistant. That's probably at the lower levels of that role. And also part of my job and what I do is look after our client relationships, which is closely linked to the business dev and sales too. And on that side of things, I'd say an account executive or an account assistant, the two entry-level jobs there. So yeah, do you want to talk a little bit more about what those jobs entail? Or Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. So a new business assistant, probably at the entry level, you'll just be learning the craft. You'll have people in your team who are who have probably have got more years of experience. So you'll be learning from them. The job will involve writing proposals to clients being that first port of call sometimes to qualify an inquiry, especially in my space where, you know, as an agency, we get so many different leads and inquiries in. We're quite well known, but because of the size of company we are now, we have to be selective with which projects we go for. So it would be typically a new business assistant who would be that first port of call to try and qualify the lead and see if it's right for us or not. And then other things that would be included in that would be helping us pitch clients and new projects. So actually putting the pitches together, understanding what the client's challenges are and how we as an agency can turn it into something of an opportunity for them and doing a lot of research as well. So I think that's kind of a new business side entry level. And then on the account executive side or the account assistant side, that would be a case of attending client meetings Especially as an agency like Cyberdog, like I said, every agency is slightly different in how we do things. But as an agency like ours, you'd actually be attending those client meetings, but maybe the expectation is that you'd be taking notes, that you'd be more just watching and picking things up. And then when it comes to, again, writing proposals for a client, looking at their strategy, looking at their industry and seeing where we can add value to them, a lot of that research work would be going to you. Which is great because it means just one, you get an understanding of how the clients operate, you understand their industry better, and you also get experience sort of speaking to clients or at least being in that environment. So you kind of pick things up as you go. Terrific. So this really dovetails very nicely with that, this next espresso shot, and that is what are the hard and soft skills that you look for, CG, in the young people that you hire at CyberDuck? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I've literally just hired um, a, a new person recently who is at that entry level. And what I was looking for from a skills perspective is strong communication. That is probably one of the most important things if you're going to go down the route of client services or new business or business development person. Uh, you need strong communication skills. So one of the first things I kind of look for is just that initial start of the interview. I want to see how 
So I know people will be nervous, but I like to see how they themselves overcome those nerves because the truth is, for a lot of salespeople, you never, like, there'll be situations where you're going to still be nervous when you're in a room full of maybe 20 execs of a leading FTSE 100 company. You're still going to have that little bit of nerve. So it's how you deal with that, how you overcome that. So strong communication, being able to explain and talk about yourself confidently, I'd say need to be flexible and adaptable too. It's, it's manic. It can be quite chaotic and you need to be able to adjust to that environment. And there definitely needs to be a can-do attitude. And I know all these sound a little, a little bit cliche, but the, the truth is with so many things that you'll be juggling and the fact that when it comes to sales, it's normally either you win or you lose. So being able to take those knockbacks and not let it demotivate you too much, but actually use it to inspire and drive you to actually improve for next time is an important thing. So yeah, I think they're, they're the kind of the key skills across it. Communication, adaptability. I'd say critical thinking is important because you're. The, I, I see sales more as a... It's, I, I don't see it as... Well, for example, I don't see sales as a negative or a dirty word it can sometimes feel like. I see it more as a consultative approach. So again, having that level of critical thinking and be able to consult the client and the challenges and then show how the agency can actually help a client with challenges, I think is important as well. Yes, I can totally see that. I'm actually wondering on the hard skill side, hmm. how important knowing how to put together a slide deck and use PowerPoint is, you mentioned preparing for pitches. And as somebody who worked for a public affairs agency and led their communication shop, mm. I know how important it is to be able to put together yeah. those slide decks. Yeah. I'd, I'd say you'd have to be, you'd have to have an element of creativity about you. In terms of putting together slide decks, I'd say for an entry level role, you won't, don't need to worry too much. It's, of course, a great advantage if in the pitch, because in the pitch or in the interview, one of the stages, I always have a task presentation. And involves them putting together a slide deck and doing something regarding that. So I always look at that and see how are the slides they put together. And if I'm being honest, I'd say eight out of ten times the deck is you. You look, you, you show them again, like a year or two down the line, and go see that deck that you put together. Look how <laughs> look how look how bad and look how rough it was. But the fact is, that's something that you can learn on the job. An agency will have templates. They'll have a style of doing things, you'll pick that up. But being able to find your way around a slide deck would be useful. I'd say being proficient with computers in general is definitely an advantage. So yeah, I'd say I'd say they're kind of the main things, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's good. So it mm. isn't essential. No, I wouldn't say it's your... essential. Yeah. But I would say it's advantageous. So I'm always going to be more like I'm always going to be impressed by someone who's put together a nice looking deck at that stage because I think putting together a good presentation links in some of those other skills I spoke about, which is, you know, having that eye for detail, being able to put being able to vision, put something together that's in your head and put it down on paper and visualize it. All of those things are important. So if you have a good slide deck, that kind of shows that you have that capability. But even myself when I first started, my pitch decks probably didn't look great. But that's something you pick up on the job. Fantastic. 
What about someone's major, CG? Is it a deciding factor to get into this line of work? In other words, if they haven't studied some aspect of marketing or some form of business-related studies, is it a deal-breaker? No. No, because... Again, a lot of those skills I mentioned, they transcend most degrees and most of those kind of university courses. Of course, it's, it's evidence that you have a keen interest in that type of work, working in digital. And that's something that I do look for, actually. I, I look for someone who shows, like, has an interest. So even before they come to interview, they've done things or they've They've shown a keen interest in the areas of work. That's what I look for. In terms of a degree, I've got someone in my team who studied geography. I've had someone else on my team who had a, who studied psychology, and they've both been great in terms of the profession and the role. So again, I think it's more on the soft skills side of things than a necessary degree. I think, of course, if I, if I switch, if I put my marketing hat on a little bit, I would say it probably is more important to have done something more marketing related because then you have more of an understanding of some of the concepts of marketing. Or if you've not, again, if you've not studied it, if you can prove and show that you've yourself marketed yourself or you've done something in your spare time that uses those skills, that's also great because like I say, like education isn't always a sign of intelligence. Like, so form, formal education, getting a degree at a top doesn't always mean you're the best suited for a role. I'm going to be just as interested in someone who's in, created a personal brand for themselves and something they're passionate about and built a following for that as someone who you know has got a first major in at a top university for a course because, again, it's slightly different skill sets, which I think both are relevant in the role. Great. I don't know how it is in the UK, but here in the US, it depends where you've gotten your marketing degree because I've heard from some hiring managers that the the school, the educators are actually behind the times. They mm-hmm. haven't necessarily caught up with where digital marketing exactly. is today because the industry has changed so quickly. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And again, I've been, I've been at uni for a while now. What is it? Going on to 10 years now since I left uni. But yeah, I'd say back then, and to some extent, it is true that curriculum doesn't always keep up with the times. I remember when I was at university, we didn't really do anything around social media, for example. Social media was really about back then, but there was nothing really in the degree course about it. So anything I learned around that was just in my own time. And that's what helped where I got to now, which is why I said it doesn't always matter about formal education. I'm much more interested in the person's lived experience, I think. Great. What about a grad school degree? How important is it to have one less so for entry-level positions, more so for someone who wants to make it into the C-suite as you have or who wants to run their own agency? Do you think it's essential? No, I don't think so at all. I think the thing is with with, uh, digital industry and creative industry, is once you get in, once you start learning the craft, that's when people really get to see what you're capable of. I know so many of my agency peers like, who founded their own agencies who didn't even go to university 
It's more about that creative element and the things you pick up and learn over time. Now, of course, maybe if you're going to become or you're looking to become the CFO for an agency, it's a maybe slightly different career path. Within digital, there's a lot of non-technical roles, which probably still apply. But I'd say in terms of what I do on the sales marketing side, I don't think it's important. I think what's important is going to be how you apply yourself once you get into the profession, what you learn, what you pick up. And it's honestly one of those industries where if you're hungry and you want to succeed, like that's, that's all you really need. I don't think you need those qualification degrees because like you pointed out, sometimes they're a little bit behind the curve. And there's always opportunities further down the line as well, whether it's through a formal university training or just other online courses where you can pick things up. So in the UK, there's something called a mini MBA. It's run by a guy called Mark Ritson, who is very well known. And I know a lot of marketing managers who have kind of got to that management level, then take part in his mini MBA course to help them kind of drive them to that next level, which is that directorship C-levels. But I wouldn't say that's something necessarily out of the gate. I'd say you're probably much better to have completed your degree or even completed school, getting at an entry level, show appetite, show hunger. And in the time that you would have spent doing that graduate course, you would have already got experience under your belt, which matters a lot more in this space. Yeah, it's called OTJ, on-the-job training. (laughs) Nothing replaced that in my industry, at least. Mm -hmm. What about life experiences, CG? So these types of experiences that we have outside the classroom, what do you think are the most useful ones for our young listeners to try to cultivate to stand out when they get an opportunity to sit across the desk or across the Zoom screen from you and interview for the job? Mm. I'd say anyone who's tried starting their own business is something I always, I perk up about in interviews because I think any young person who has gone out there and has showed that kind of entrepreneurship, I think has a good future in the industry because already they would have learned things that the clients that we deal with, some of these mega sort of billion dollar companies that I work with, um, some of the challenges that they face, that person would really have faced doing their own smaller business. And I think it teaches so many sort of skills that are relevant to a workplace and business. So I think if you've tried to ever start your own business or do something on the side around your passion or hobby, that's always been of interest to me because it shows someone as well who's, who's curious because curiosity is, a, is an important thing as well. And to do that, it shows curiosity and determination. So yeah, I like those things. I'd say as well, if you can demonstrate something to do with digital, so whether it's your own website that you've created, maybe you've created a blog, even if it's a standard blogging template website, but you've actually gone out there, you started writing and doing stuff around your passion. That kind of thing is also, I think, important from a life skills perspective. And yeah, I, I also like those who kind of come to a table and have maybe done things for charity and done things that I would say are character building. So maybe it is going out helping out with a homeless shelter. Maybe it's, you know, 
making food for food shops, maybe it's going to another country and helping out the people who live there. All of those kind of things, I think, show something about a person's attitude and persona, which is what I look for. Yeah, their character, for Mm -hmm. sure, for sure. So what is the best part for you, CG, of being in this field, working as chief growth officer Mm. at CyberDuck and dealing with clients and being in the digital marketing space? What's the best part? I'd say, I'd say winning a pitch. Nothing, nothing comes. I mean, you said you kind of <laughs> worked with space too, but that, that buzz you get when you found out you've won a pitch is great because um, maybe we'll, we'll get onto this later on, who knows? But in our industry, a lot of work goes in before you've even signed a dotted line. Unfortunately, clients make you jump through a lot of hoops most of the time just to win the work. And then that's when the hard work technically starts. But for us who are on that kind of front line where we're going in there, we're trying to open those doors to those clients. When you bring on board a new client, I think nothing replaces that kind of buzz and feeling because for me, it's a team sport as well. And the elation that I feel, I know it's been felt by my team. I also make sure that everyone in in our agency has that kind of attitude towards sales and new business too. So when we have a win, it's a big celebration amongst everyone. And it really kind of brings the whole team together. So that's probably the best thing from my, from my perspective anyway, in terms of what I do. You like to win. I do like to win, yeah. Don't like to lose, but I like to win. <laughs> I would say that's probably a really important attribute for your chief growth officer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So the flip side, hmm. what is the part of your current job that sucks the most? Losing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it It probably is the loss because it can be deflated. Over years, I'd say my attitude has changed. I used to take losses probably a lot more to heart and Percy when I was younger in the game and things like that. But now I, I see those opportunities to learn from them and move on because ultimately you're not going to win every opportunity that comes your way. So, and what you tend to find is there'll be things that went about opportunity that you lost that you can then apply to another opportunity in the future which you win from. So, the losing does does suck to be honest, and I think linked to that is also something which I think is wrong with the industry in a way, which is we pander to clients a lot. I'm guilty of it as well. I know there's people in the game who are trying to change things, but ultimately, the client has all the power in those initial interactions a lot of the time where they say, this agency, this agency, this agency, this agency, I want you to impress me and show me why you want my business. And then everyone kind of falls over each other. Everyone does all these things, da-da-da-da-da-da. And it becomes sometimes less about, well, if, that's why I've kind of changed my approach a bit, but it's important that your, your agency has a brand and has somebody it stands for. And that you don't just go for every opportunity because also it can be a sign of a bad client. A client that makes you jump through too many hoops and also don't give you the opportunity to actually have those conversations with them around their challenge. Normally it's a bad sign in terms of relationships. So yeah, I'd say being wary of that and hopefully trying to readdress a power with clients is, is an important thing because 
yeah, it does suck when you get an inquiry and it looks really good. Then you find out the client puts all these kind of loopholes, not loopholes, but obstacles in the way. So, yeah. Mm. This is where your experience comes into play. Being able to put those new proposals or new opportunities into context and say, ooh, there's some red flags I'm seeing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Three final espresso shots. Okay. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, CG? Ooh. Best career advice? Probably that it's, it's not that deep. And what I mean by that is it's, it's not that serious. It's not the end of the world. I think oftentimes people can lose track of what's important in life and everything becomes about the job. And sometimes I think to get, at least in my industry, again, I'm interested in something different, but to get to that position where you're of seniority like I am now, sometimes it's actually looking at things outside of life and outside of a job and understanding what's important. That's how you can get to those positions. So it's not that deep when you lose a project or lose a pitch. It's not that deep. Though. It's, it's quite minor in the grand scheme of things. This year has told us, taught us that it's quite minor. When you win a project as well, yes, we love a win, but also life would have gone on whether we won it or lost it. So you don't put too much, you don't put too much of your hope into the wins, you don't put too much hope into the losses either. It's about trying to maintain that balance. And I think the more senior you get, the more balance you have is actually a healthy thing to being consumed by work. And I think that's kind of, that, that requires a shift in mentality because a lot of the time you're kind of told you need to work extremely hard all the time relentlessly to get to the top but actually having those outside interests having having other things that sustain you actually make you better at your job i think oh i love that mm. i really do and it resonates with me there was a book i don't think i have it right here and the author's name is really long and i i always mess it up but the book is called rest mm. as in to rest take a break and it's about the, not just the value, but the critical importance of rest in your daily life. That it isn't something like the way it is in the US, you take a holiday a couple of times a year as a way to give yourself that mental break, but that you need mental breaks throughout the day. And that it actually levels up your performance mm. in addition to your quality of life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's, it's so important. And I'll hold my hands up and say, I'm sometimes terrible at it in terms of get that rest during the day. I, I tend, do tend to work quite long hours. But when I'm not working, trying to find ways to completely switch off from work are important. Because I can't let it consume me 24 hours a day. If I'm working longer hours, it's because, I, it's because I need to. But when I'm not working, I do things that are completely unrelated to work just to, just to help me unwind, which I think is important. Because especially working from home, when that boundary between you know, your job and your home, your home life, they become blurred. What I've probably only kind of learned in the last few months is forcing myself to have those breaks and get out it, it energizes you 
it kind of actually keeps you more focused for the tasks ahead. And it's actually sometimes counterproductive to continue to a point of exhaustion. So yeah. Yeah. You totally. I'm with you. So what movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, streaming shows, or books, CG, mm-hmm. do you think accurately depict this profession? Ooh, that's a tough question, you know, because I can't really... Right, let me have a thing. In a way, I would probably say Mad Men, but also not because it's very much the old way things were done, I think, in advertising and marketing. And a lot of those values, at least at BHCI work for, don't exist or aren't there. But I think when it comes to that thread of a, put a pitch together and the thread of a pitch and captivating and engaging an audience, I think that was something that when I watched Mad Men, I really related to being in that pitch room and being able to tell the client a story and capture them that way. That was, I think, important. Probably more of a jokey side for office, just because I think <laughs> I think everyone can relate to some of love the office that go on in, in workplaces like that. But yeah, they're, they're the first two that come to mind. I don't think there's anything specifically that I've seen which I'd be like, this is this is literally what I do. Maybe I'll create it. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? All right, we'll put links to the office and Mad Men in our mm. show notes. Final espresso shop. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession, CG? <sighs> surprised to learn. Maybe it's not so much a surprise, but something that's would relate to them and would be interesting for them to know is the fact that once you enter my profession working in digital and being in a maybe client services or sales role, the learning and education never stops because what you're going to be talking to clients about today will differ from what you're going to be talking to them about in a year's time or the year beforehand. The way that technology is always advancing, that new things are coming out, means that you're going to have to stay on top of your game. So again, it's probably not so much a surprise, but it probably is quite obvious, but you're always going to have to kind of stay on top of like the latest technology, what's going on, what's happening, and how it can affect businesses, because that's the only way an agency can stay relevant. We, five years ago, we were talking a lot about responsive web design, things being mobile friendly and things like that. In fact, we were one of the first agencies at the time to be talking about responsive website design. But if we still went into pitches now and said, we do mobile responsive websites, we'd get laughed out of room because it's such a given. And that's a bad time. That was like a big selling point. So it's always about staying on top of the latest technology, just constantly innovating as well. I think that's, I think that's important. One more thing. You'd probably be surprised to learn that new business isn't just a sales, like your job isn't just a sales function. You, rec- you need the help of other people in your team, but experts at what they do on a day-to-day basis to help you bring projects in. So if you think of the role of a salesperson as an isolated role, I don't think you'll get very far because you need to know where your own strengths are and lean on the expertise of other people in your team too. It goes to what you were saying earlier about it being a team sport. Exactly. Mm. If you want to learn more about what 
CG does in his job as chief growth officer at Cyberduck and how he built his career in digital marketing and business development, even though he didn't actually study that in uni. Please check out show notes for this episode to see if his main time for coffee interview has already job, dropped, dropped. Where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> oh my goodness. CG, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. This was just great. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.